Hi, this is James Devine, and I am an educator who has come out of the trenches. Listen in as my friend and colleague Dana Goodyear shares stories and tips from other educators who have come out of the trenches. Welcome to the Out of the Trenches podcast. This is Dana Goodyear. Thanks for listening. My next guest is Dr. Rachel Edo Eckett. She is a wife, mother, principal, public speaker, and author. With decades as a teacher and leader in public education, she's earned reputation as a strong instructional leader, passionate educational advocate, and dedicated mentor. As a principal of a top-ranked school in Maryland, she is a lifelong learner who strives for excellence, not only for herself, but also for everyone she serves. Dr. Edo Eckett's belief in fostering meaningful relationships serves as the foundation for everything she does, and her highly effective teaching and leadership style continues to inspire up-and-coming aspiring leaders. During her educational career, she has probably served as a classroom teacher, instructional team leader, mentor teacher, assistant principal, and principal. Her book, The Principal's Journey, Navigating the Path to School Leadership, provides a helpful and practical blueprint for educators to follow as they transition into new leadership roles. Dr. Edo Eckett has a BS in early childhood and elementary education from Temple University, an MS in curriculum and instruction from McDaniel College, and a doctorate in leadership and professional practice from Treveca Nazarene University. Welcome to the podcast, Rachel. Thank you so much, Dana. It's great to see you today. Well, thanks so much for coming on. I listened to your uh, podcast episode with Principal Caffelli, and I really liked uh, to hear about your passion for leadership and your background story. But we'll start off today with the question I ask everybody. Tell me about a time when you were in the churches and managed to crawl out. So that's a great question. I began my principalship career during COVID-19. So I'm going to say that that was the trenches. Um, In the beginning of the year, in that fall, everything was perfect and working really well. And then as we all know, right around that March timeframe, we all received that call that says, we'll see everyone in two weeks. So I gathered the staff together and said, We'll see you all soon. Take your computers home with you. And the rest was history. I did not see the staff again uh, for the remainder of that school year and the beginning of the next school year. And then that following springtime was our first time we started doing hybrid learning. And then that following year, we came back all together and in our district masked. And then the last year was um, one where I would consider the most normal year where everyone was back to school as normal. So part of the trenches for me was figuring out where did I fit as a new principal experiencing COVID-19? How could I work with my staff and my students and community members to lead through that time? It was a very challenging time. I did a lot of soul searching to determine if this job is really what I thought it was going to be. And Mm -hmm. if it was or if I wasn't, how could I make it work um, to make sure that I was still being successful and that my students and their families and staff members were still being successful? So I would say that time was very challenging, but it was extremely helpful to remember my why. And my why is serving students and helping them achieve. So even though everything was not perfect during that time, I really just centered and focused on if I was helping someone that day, then I was doing my job well and as best as I could. And that really helped to center me and ground me and to come out of that trench to say, I am capable of doing this job. I just needed to do it in a way that worked well for me Mm -hmm. as a new principal. And now in my fifth year, 
I'm really proud of the evolution that I've had within the position. And of course, I'm still learning and um, becoming a better leader and becoming stronger as I get more experiences. But I would say definitely leading through COVID-19 as a new principal was definitely a time I was going through some trenches and was able to emerge from that on the other side. So did you have a, a mentors or maybe a leadership group within your district or uh, locally that you were able to bounce ideas off of uh, during those times? Yes, and I thank my lucky stars for that. Uh, yes, we had a full cohort. There were actually nine principals that were promoted that year in my district across elementary and middle school. And each of us met that year for new principals for cohort meetings. Mm -hmm. Now, we started in person. We ended up virtual because of COVID-19. But we have remained a very tight-knit and close community of, of leaders Mm -hmm. And we do, um, we did receive professional learning from our district about leadership. And, but the, the most important thing I think to come out of it was the relationships that we fostered with each other as new leaders. We're all still extremely close. Mm -hmm. We still have our group chats. We still check in with each other and um, we really have grown together as leaders. So that was a really positive time, which I'm very, very thankful for that support. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was difficult for any principal, let alone new principals. And yeah. the fact that you already had um, forged bonds with these other new principals in the district uh, really helped you get through yeah. it. And I think, like you said, you were dealing a lot with that imposter syndrome, making, uh, wondering if what you were doing was the right thing. But I think everybody, especially leading a school from home and, you know, not seeing your students, right? Everybody had that, um, feeling of really, am I doing everything that I can do for my yeah. community? So, yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about your book, The uh, Principal's Journey. It was published in February of uh, last year. Uh, what led you to writing it? And was this something that you started during the pandemic or had it gone back several years prior? So I've always wanted to write a book. That was something on my personal bucket list. I, I really was interested in writing about leadership. I just didn't know exactly when it was going to happen. But um, yes, I always had the idea to write a book about leadership that's, you know, in the education world. Mm -hmm. I have read a ton of educational leadership books. Principal Capele is as one that you mentioned. He has a lot of books that I had read in preparation of becoming an administrator as both an assistant principal and a principal. And I really liked the way that his books were structured in the sense that they were quick reads. You could go in, you know, specific chapters and really dig into the content that you wanted. So yes, I always wanted to write a book. And I, I would say one of the catalysts for me was I when I completed my doctoral program. So during that time, I was writing my dissertation for about two years. And that really helped me develop the discipline to, to be a writer. So mm -hmm. once that process was over, I uh, was promoted to the principalship because I was doing my doctorate program while I was an assistant principal. and. Um, Certainly during COVID time, there was definitely not a lot of time to write, but it still was on my mind as having it as a personal goal. Mm -hmm. And I, again, in the back of my mind, realized, well, I had already written a dissertation before, so I knew how to write um, a good amount of, of writing about something I'm passionate about. So 
it really was last year where I committed to writing. I called a couple of my friends who had already written and published books before, self-published. And I really, it just kind of started with a cold call to ask them how did they do it. And once I learned the process, it um, it was very easy for me to get started. I started certainly with writing, um, you know, my first, my prelude and just thinking about what my purpose was. Mm -hmm. And my purpose for writing the book was I wanted to help people become assistant principals and become principals. Mm -hmm. In my district, there's a lot of people and really across the country, there's a lot of people who want to become school-based administrators. They have the skill set, they have the experiences, but they haven't been able to get over the hump. And when I talk with aspiring leaders, that was something that consistently came up. They would say, wow, I love what you're doing. I hear your passion. How can I do it? So the reason why I wrote the book was I wanted to put everything that I had learned from my mentors, from my teachers, my colleagues into one place where I could say, here's the process. Mm -hmm. How can you get a mentor? How can you write a strong resume and cover letter? How can you prepare for your interview? What does your first year on the job look like? How can you have tough conversations? How can you build relationships with your community? All those things I put into one book and um, the response has been overwhelmingly positive. I'm mm-hmm. I'm so taken aback by um, the positivity that people have expressed about it. I went on another podcast and right after that, it shot up to number three on Amazon's mm-hmm. uh, list on Kindle. So I'm really thankful for the support and I'm hearing good feedback from people who have utilized the book, who have helped them to gain the positions that they're seeking. So that was really my purpose for writing it was just to help people get to um, their goals a little bit faster. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when you talk about the hurdle, a lot of people are going through, you said they're, um, they got the experience, they have the skills. Uh, What is often the hurdle that you're hearing from people? Is it getting past the interview? Is it having a resume that's eye catching? What's the most common hurdle? I think it's a variety of things. I would say um, some people have not even got to the interview stage. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they're submitting resumes or submitting cover letters, but perhaps they're not tailored to the job as best that they could, or maybe it doesn't showcase some of the experiences. So they're not even getting to that step. Other people don't even have some of the recommendations in place. And that's where I talk about the mentorship. That's why I start my book really talking about you need a mentor because the mentors are the people who might be your building principals, your assistant principals. It might be someone from a different building who's a leader in central office who has the experience that can help you. And Mm -hmm. so I really talk about if you want to be a leader, but you don't have a mentor, your process is going to be a lot longer. Mm -hmm. So it's most helpful if you have someone who can help you navigate that process And again, a lot of people don't have mentors. So my book kind of serves in a similar way as a mentor to say, here are the steps that you'll need. And here are some of the strategies that you can use to get there. Mm -hmm. So I do talk about the importance of mentors because mentors have made such a big difference in my career and in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, That's so positive. So I really impress upon my readers to find a mentor. And if they don't find have one right now, I give them strategies in order to help make connections with potential mentors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I think uh, a lot of people don't think about that, like as a reference, they yeah. think about maybe their principal or assistant principal. And, you know, depending on the school culture, they might be at a school that um, isn't the most positive school culture. They might have a better relationship with somebody, uh, like you said, a district leadership or yeah. somebody else who's working inside um, of a school leadership in another capacity. And right. yeah, it could be a, um, a good reference to have and, you know, somebody that you can bounce ideas off of, like you said, um, I think, yeah, the, the paperwork is one thing. It's another thing is references. And I think a lot of people don't, uh, realize like, um, you know, maybe finding the best reference or finding somebody who can really speak to your skills. Right. Uh, right? Because you might have, uh, if you've been a classroom teacher, you might have a principal who's only been in your classroom twice in the last year, and you don't really have a relationship with that person. So they can't really speak a ton to uh, mm-hmm. everybody's uh, skill set. So yeah, right. that's really important. Um, and, that, so, and I also talk about taking initiative too, uh-huh. that if you want to be a leader, you need to take on projects, you need to reach out to your administrator and say, how can I help you? Because then you'll gain experience and you'll catch the eye of the leader's um, in and around your building. And that will help when they're making a recommendation. Oh, he or she just did this amazing project for us. And that's something that you can speak to on an interview. So mm-hmm. all of it is interconnected in terms of making sure that you challenge yourself, you take professional risks, and you ask people how you can support them. And then that gives you more leadership experience to put under your belt. Mm-hmm. Do you see um, maybe since you entered the principalship, since around COVID, is there an explosion of people wanting to get into school leadership or has it remained pretty consistent from when you took on um, getting uh, the principal licensure and all that? Um, That's a great question. I think that there's going to be a pipeline issue the same way that there's a pipeline issue with teachers. I think there's a pipeline issue with administrators, Mm -hmm. uh, assistant principals and principals. We're seeing assistant principals and principals leaving. And mm-hmm. so there is definitely a need for more candidates, but it's not just the, you know, quantity of pan- candidates, it's the quality too. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that as you're promoting people, they are the best student and have the experience that's needed to do the job well. And sometimes it's not just about the experience, which is mm-hmm. a large part of it, but also when you're in the position itself. Do you have the grit and the fortitude to stay in the position? Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, the recruiting is one piece. And I think the retention is a totally different issue. So the re- while the recruiting might look a little different, um, definitely post-COVID, because I think people did a lot of soul searching over COVID. And some of people determined, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, or they've done a lot of self-reflection to say, maybe this isn't for me. And so I think that school systems are going to be challenged moving forward, not only to get teachers, but also to recruit and retain administrators. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think a big part of it for the principal piece is, uh, them having a mentor, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it could be somebody within their district, but also, uh, it's a good idea to be a part of a group, uh, that may not be within your local area, right? And right. have uh, that that group as a sounding board. Um, yeah. A lot of principals do work in isolation. And I think that gets mm-hmm. them to leave uh, the principalship. But I do see a lot of principals, at least ones that I've talked to for my um, podcast, who leave and go on to consulting. So that is also yes. a piece. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they might leave uh, quicker than 
maybe retirement age because they want to be a public speaker. So uh, I think um, once they have something to share, they do want to help others. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. As well. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, There's definitely a lot of opportunities, I think, that that emerged yes. and have continued to emerge yeah. when, um, when, when school systems are managing a lot of different needs. Certainly, they're looking for experts who can support and principals are perfect people to help because we can speak to on any number of topics mm-hmm. and uh, ways to help improve from our perspective. So yes, I agree with you. There's a lot of other opportunities for educators to explore. And that's another challenge, I think, for schools to retain, to retain people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, let's back up a little bit and talk about uh, your career before you went into leadership. So uh, you taught kindergarten. I haven't yes. had, as far as I can recall, many kindergarten teachers on the podcast. So yes. talk to me a little bit about what got you passionate for teaching the littles. Yeah, so I totally adore my kindergarten students and I really enjoyed teaching kindergarten. I taught kindergarten for almost a decade. That was the majority of my teaching experience. So I agree with you. It's not very common to have a principal coming out of early childhood. And that is something that I wear with a badge of honor because early childhood teachers really teach those foundational skills. We are the birth to third grade teachers. We're teaching students how to read, how to count, all of those developmental social and emotional needs uh, we address. And so it has been fun to be on the other side as a principal, to be able to get into classrooms and see how the students are being nurtured and developed by their teachers on the early childhood side. So I really didn't have experience teaching in kindergarten, but I was in college, early childhood and elementary certified. So when we were doing our internships, we were given our grade levels and I just happened to be given kindergarten as my full-time placement. And I remember when I received the notice, I said, what is K? What does that mean? I didn't know. <laughs> I, I didn't know what grade K was. They said, that's kindergarten. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, what do kindergartners know? Do they know their name? Do they know to tie their shoes? I had a lot of questions and a lot of misconceptions around what a kindergarten classroom looks like and who the students were. And I had such an amazing teacher. She was uh, so experienced. She was in the heart of Philadelphia. She had taught generations of families. She had taught mothers and then their children. Uh, And in some cases, the grandchildren. She had been around over 30 years teaching and she was a legend in the school. And when I saw the students start the school year with her, and what I saw by even the middle of the year when I had finished my my post, I had seen so much growth with the students. And that's really when I started falling in love with kindergarten because I saw some of the anxious parents coming in and I watched how she just massaged the families. She made the families feel very comfortable. She was very transparent about what their students would be doing. I loved watching her work. I loved seeing the children make connections. And so that was something I took with me into my position. So I started the school year in the middle of the year. I was a December graduate and I was able to take over a kindergarten classroom. I used the same strategies that I saw my teacher using. 
And I saw tremendous growth then to the end of the year. And I'm still in contact with my families from that first class. They are now out of college. Mm -hmm. They're in their careers. They're doing wonderful. And um, I will always, you know, feel that connection because as a kindergarten teacher, you are the student's first teacher in elementary school, which is such an important role. And I take that and I took that very seriously. And most recently, last week, I saw some kindergarten students and one of them said to me, you're my first principal. And it never occurred to me the same thing was true that no, I was no longer in the classroom as a kindergarten teacher, but I am the student's first principal. They said, I didn't have a principal in preschool. And I just love that. That made me feel special kind of all over again. It really didn't occur to me that I was another first for the students. And again, I, I take that responsibility very seriously. So I, I truly love that age group. I love what the students are able to do. I love welcoming families. And that's something that I take in my leadership every single day that really informs how I lead as a principal based on my experiences in kindergarten, I would say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and it takes a special person, I think, to uh, forge those bonds at that young age with those kiddos that you know yeah. don't always know how to express themselves. And sometimes it comes out through emotions or yes. you know, uh, just arms and legs, right? And just, you know, um, I, I've mostly taught secondary and I've done a, a little bit in elementary. So uh, mm -hmm. whenever I've been around the littles, uh, you know, under uh, second grade, it's it's a new experience for me. But <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's definitely different. And it takes a lot of patience. Um, but the children, to me, children are children of any age. And I've, I've always said, whatever you do in kindergarten, you can scale up all the way up through high school. And, you know, the book, everything you learned, you learned in kindergarten, even though it's an old book, it's a classic one. And one that I, I do truly believe a lot of what we teach in kindergarten is timeless and does stick with our students um, throughout their life. So I um, am just, just very proud of my teaching career and definitely it does inform how I lead as an administrator, because I am really patient and I do try to listen. I still get down on the student's level when I'm talking with them. I still tie their shoes. There are just certain things that I will always take with me and always have regardless of whatever position that I am in. And so it just is a very, very important part of, of my story is being that kindergarten teacher for so long. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, I hear a lot of principals say like, I'm, I'm still that teacher, right? Yes. Whether or not you've been a leadership for a while, um, deep down, you're still that kindergarten teacher. <laughs> Absolutely. Always a teacher first, always. So um, you also um, took a break. Uh, you were a stay at home mom for a little while, um, yes. had twins, and then you came back and taught some more. And then you decided to go into leadership. So how did yes. this uh, decision after staying home for a little while take place, um, you know, of uh, maybe wanting to open your horizons a little bit? Yeah, so when I came back to work, I had taken over another classroom, this time in second grade. And again, it really was about relationship building with families and welcoming them and, you know, showing them who I am and making sure that I had the effort of knowing who their children were and getting to know each child individually and by extension, their families. And I had an opportunity to open 
I'd opened one new school early in my career, which was an incredible experience as a kindergarten teacher. And I really wanted to get back into kindergarten. And so there was a new school that was opening around the corner from my house. And I let my principal know at the time that I was going to apply to see if I could return to a kindergarten classroom. Uh, and I really want to highlight the fact that of mentorship. I know I've mentioned that before. When I was returning back from returning back from being at home with my children, they had a group called Aspiring Leaders okay. at my school. And that was the group that I was invited to come on, even though I had very young children at that time, my children were under two. Um, and one of the things that they did during that session, I still remember it, was goal setting. And we were talking about what's a team leader. And our in our district, it's called an instructional team leader. That's the team lead who works with, you know, your group of teachers. And we talked about the qualities and we did some goal setting. And I remember writing at that time, I would like to be a team leader in the future. That was something that wasn't in my present mind, but it was something that I had been thinking of long term. And when the opportunity came to interview at the new school, midway through the conversation, the principal said to me, have you ever considered, you know, being a team leader? Because I think that you have the right level of experience to do it well. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I really, I had thought about it, but not taken any serious steps to do that. But she was one of the first people on the interview that said, I see that in you. And she called me later and said that she was offering me that position. So that was how I got my first leadership position was being a team leader at a new school. And let me tell you, opening a new school as a leader was a very different experience than opening the new school as a teacher. And so I really was able to work closely with my principal and assistant principal at that time. I was able to lead with my team. And, you know, things like budgeting and furniture, all of the things that comes along problem solving with families and my staff members really primed me for that larger leadership. And again, it was my principal at the time who became one of my greatest mentors who, who said to me very early in the school year, have you ever thought about administration? I see that in you. I could see you running a building. That's what she said. Rachel, I can see you running a building one day. And I said, nope. I don't want that. Thank you. I like what I'm doing now. Uh -huh. And she just, you know, said, okay. And she continued to give me opportunities. Rachel, can you, can you organize this? Can you do the, can you follow up with the parent about this? Can you do this? All of these things were happening. And I didn't realize at the time they were really preparing me for that assistant principalship. And she was awesome, awesome mentor for me because she was someone who was so competent in her in her job as a principal. She had so much experience, but she was also very vulnerable and she was always asking for feedback. And that was something I really hadn't had a relationship with a principal where they had asked me, what did you think about this meeting? How do you think it went? What could I improve upon? I've never had a principal ask me that. And so it was powerful for me to, to have that model as a leader because I'm similar in that way now in my role. I do ask for feedback. I do try to make improvements with my staff. I do pre-meet with them. Okay, let's get ready. How can we best approach this parent or this issue head on together? So she really made a big impact on me by just asking the questions. Do you, have you considered doing this? Sometimes it's just a simple question that can change someone's life. 
Uh, so I'm extremely thankful for her, her mentorship and her leadership example. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've heard that from others that it's something they don't see in themselves until somebody else sees it in them and guides exactly. them along the path to, like you said, get that yeah. experience that you needed as that team leader. Although you didn't see yourself as a team leader to begin with, but you were given those opportunities. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, That's the power of, I think, having the principles talent spot and really bring people in who may not have considered that as an option. Mm-hmm. Some people know they want to be a principal. I did have colleagues like that. I'm going to be a principal. I grew up knowing that. Yeah. Well, that wasn't my story. I wanted to be a good teacher. Uh, and it took some encouragement for me to see myself in the role, whereas other people might already see that in themselves and have that goal. Mm-hmm. 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 So um, you're not uh, the first person in your family to get into education. Uh, you're a third generation educator. So uh, who are people in your family who've had influence on you, especially as you were starting out uh, in teaching? So, yeah, my grandmother taught in the Baltimore City public school system and was a librarian for 30 years. My aunt was a music teacher and taught in my district for 30 years. My mother has her degree in education and I'm, I myself am now third generation. So I'm really thankful for the influence of uh, those women in my family. Uh, they were all incredible in their fields and I looked up to them as children and I still model and, and think about some of what I learned from watching them, even as a young child, setting up their classrooms and, you know, they would be in meetings and I would sometimes be in the hallway or in their classrooms, getting ready, making materials and things. So I really cherish all of their examples. We actually did not have any administrators in our family. So I'm the first principal in my family. So that's a legacy that I'm I'm proud of as well. But I definitely have always wanted to be a teacher because of their example. Mm-hmm. So um, when you start uh, helped them out in the classroom and in the library, mm-hmm. uh, was that then from a very young age, early elementary? And you, oh yes, you kind of realized at that point that this is a career you wanted to take on. Yes, every summer uh, I would go over to their schools. They would drive me. We would have lunch. And we would do bulletin boards. They would give me their old uh, grade books. And I would take those home and start pretending like I was grading. Uh, (laughs) Attendance sheets. I had all their old binders. I would line up my dolls and have a little chalkboard and teach them their ABCs. I was all about it. I loved (laughs) the pointers, all the things that they would give to me that for them were probably throwaway things. They were very important to me. So yes, I oh, I loved having teachers' materials as a child. I love pretending to teach people. I was a little bossy as a kid, so <laughs> it worked. I'm sure I played with my friends being a teacher as well, and they were students. So yes, that's something that I've always been passionate about doing. Mm-hmm. Well, now um, in the principal role, um, you use kind of those teaching skills in a way of mentoring people who are wanting to get into leadership. You told me it was mainly on site, but if maybe listeners want to reach out, um, you would be available. Uh, Tell me um, some of the, I guess, is it more of a cohort? Is it individual mentoring? And how do you approach, um, do you use a lot of the uh, things that you learned from your mentor or is it kind of tailored to the individual? 
Yeah, so I'm currently mentoring four people, and then I have other people that come and shadow me periodically okay. who are coming from different schools, but um, two of the people are within my current school. And so it does look different because, because one of them is a teacher in my okay. building, so she takes off time to shadow, and then we meet every two weeks as a part of her program and the internship, and we do different tasks. And then the other one is our leadership intern. So she does work closer every day with me in the role with our assistant principal. So yes, I would say it is more tailored depending on the needs, but I always am trying to be communicative and transparent about whatever the situation is. So we talk a lot about policies. We talk a lot about relationships. I try to model knowing all the students' names in the building and you know being that helpful, friendly presence. If I don't know something, I'm not going to say I know everything. I'm going to say here are the people that I will call when I don't know something or when I need support so that I never want anyone in leadership who's coming up to feel like they have to do it alone. Mm -hmm. It's very important that we understand that we're teams of people. And when you hear different perspectives, all of it can be helpful in helping to improve situations or solve problems. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's... um you know, great that you're able to help both a few people from your school and also others from other schools. Mm -hmm. um, I remember long ago when I did my internship and how, you know, getting some experience at different levels, right, outside mm -hmm. of where you worked is important. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can yeah. get a feel for a different um, type of school and how it's run and other people's perspectives. Definitely. Yes. Well, we've had a great conversation today talking about how you got into teaching, um, your career, and how that led to leadership and writing your book. Out of everything we've talked about on the podcast, what's one thing you'd like listeners to remember? Uh, really just continue to improve. Set your goals and work with other people who can help you get there. So I really want to impress upon people that this is an excellent job. It's a challenging job, but it's one that can be done. Uh, with the right supports and having the right attitude, meaning that you know that everything isn't necessarily going to be perfect, but just focusing on helping people as a part of your daily work mm -hmm. makes all the difference. Mm -hmm. Well, where can people connect with you and find you online? Yeah, so I would love for people to come on Twitter. Twitter is simply at my name, Rachel Edoweket. I'm also on LinkedIn at Rachel Edoweket. And then on Instagram, I'm on uh, at the principal's journey, which is the name of my book. And so you can just connect with me any of those ways. I'm really looking forward to meeting you. Great. Well, thank you so much for being on the Out of the Trenches podcast today. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Dana. My book, Out of the Trenches, Stories of Resilient Educators, has now been published. You can access it through Amazon. You can buy it at the Road to Awesome website, or you can get it through my website at danagoodier.com. Please read, leave a review, and you can also access it on Kindle. Check out the show notes on danagoodier.com to learn more about this guest and links to their social media. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you download this podcast. Tell your friends and colleagues about it. And if this episode resonates, especially with you, be sure to share it out on social media and tag me at Out of Trenches PC.